Welcome to Power Trader Radio's Trade Talk, the show designed exclusively for the savvy stock trader or investor of today. With the latest market analysis and strategies, stock market tips and tricks, investments with options and spread trades, near report, news, events, analysis, and research, we put it together for you. Hosted by Andy Peterson and Mark Eli. And now here are your co-hosts, Andy Peterson. And Mark Eli. Also, John Lindahl with us as well. John Lindahl, the host of Tuesday Night Trades. Uh, sign into TradeCaddy.com for more on that. This is episode 126 of Power Trader Radio. Today is the 30th of May. And um, I'm glad to be with you. Um, the last few podcasts, Power Trader Radios, uh, that we did centered on a couple different types of analyses. Um, we did the uh, technical analysis, and I think we did, what, four shows on that, Mark? Yes. Yeah. And prior to that, um, we did – what did we do prior to that, Mark? Well, we did um... – we came out and we did fundamental analysis, which uh, was the underlying structure, the balance sheets of the company. And we did that in April. So for all those who are listening, go back to our April archive. And uh, Andy's, I think I can hear clicking away. Yes. And it's April 3rd or so. <laughs> it's April around the uh, beginning of April. So Right. And so on uh, Power Trader, or sorry, yeah, PTR.com or Tradecaddy, uh, PTR.net or Tradecaddy.com, um, you can click on the PTR link and you can be taken to all of the episodes that we have podcasted either through Blog Talk Radio or iTunes. Uh, so take a look at those. We have some great content there. We also have a great set of archives. And, Mark, I was looking at some of the old shows and some of the powerhouse guests that we've had on the show in years past. I'm not taking anything away from John. John's a fantabulous guest. He carried the show a couple of weeks ago. I think we were on the we were doing technical analysis at that time. But uh, yeah, if you are interested in, in listening to some people from uh, various components of the options trading industry, I think we had somebody from OIC on. We had somebody from Finra on. We had somebody from the CBOE on. Uh, other um, other options trading companies representatives have been on our show as well. So I think we need to start. There's so many things we can talk about during these short half hour segments that we don't necessarily need to bring on guests, but I think it's possible for us to bring on some guests and have a special show, perhaps even longer than a half hour, just to get their input and, right. um, and put in the time with these, uh, these talented guests. So um, today, again, I'm with Mark Eli. And now that we've gone through technical uh, analysis and fundamental before that, we wanted to talk a little bit about Trade Caddy's secret sauce that we consider to be uh, wonderful for both day traders and options traders, and that would be sentimental analysis. And the reason why I call it secret sauce is because there's a lot of really neat things that our software does with regards to sentimental analysis that I don't see anywhere else. And it is a predictor of future events, short and uh, I would say near term and midterm. 
uh, and even beyond. If you take a look at our um, software, you'll see how far out our sentimental analysis indicators take us. Again, this is for educational purposes only. Um, so bear that in mind when you're taking a look. But just briefly, um, I'd like to get your guys' opinion uh, on sentimental analysis after I give it a high-level definition, which is uh, it's one of three analytic disciplines. You've got the uh, fundamental and, te- uh, and sentimental or technical uh, that are used to determine the direction that a stock is going to go. And so, as you know, as an investor or someone who is learning how to invest, you've got four trading decisions basically to make buy, sell, hold, or don't, don't buy or trade the stock at all. Um, and so sentimental analysis is also referred to as the voice of the customer or opinion mining um, as it is expressed in the stock's volatility. We have a class on this. It's on our Udemy course, and it's also on Trade Caddy. It's class 170. It's a fantastic class, and we're only going to scratch the surface in this particular show. However, I think we're going to probably expand this into a multi-segmented analysis of sentimental analysis. So Mark and John, um, I talked about sentimental analysis as being something that day traders could use. Would you agree with that? And if so, why would you agree that day traders could use sentimental analysis? Uh, Most day traders trade on technical patterns only and therefore never look at sentimental analysis. However, um, and there, like you said, sentimental analysis is spread in different disciplines, and you're going to get to what some of those are. And, and without stealing some of that thunder, I'll simply say that there are a certain group of, of investors that go out there and are looking at the expectation of the investor in the future. And that is well, one of the definitions of what sentimental analysis is, what you just said is you call it the voice of the customer and, and that voice is translated into an expectation where when they're sitting there placing their trade, uh, we, we, the individual don't know what their expectation is until after that trade is done. So um, once that trade is done, we can we get to look at the uh, how that would play out, and we can see their expectation, and we can see that expectation today, tomorrow, and and in the future, and in near future, and far future too. So now, as, um, as far as my expectations were concerned, Mark, when I heard the, I heard a rumor that Etsy had gone under, and my sentimental expectation is that my wife was going to go into a panic. No more Etsy coupons <laughs> that she could find online. Turns out, though, Mark, in this particular case, I'm happy to say that Etsy is closing their wholesale market, but they're not closing down completely. So the sentiment, although it was originally one of panic, is now one of relief. Is that what you would consider a, a component of sentimental analysis? You you actually hit a perfect lead way. One of the uh, sentimental analysis is what you just said, news events, going out there and, and finding a news event current that's just released today and sometimes you got news events that are kind of flags that tell you there's an earnings report on x date in the future that sets an expectation in the investor's mind of what's going to happen on that day is it going to be a good report a bad report and how is that going to 
play out. And, and we as investors who trade options, we love those those volatile moments. And John and I will, uh, in the second half of the show, we'll get, uh, produce a trade idea on how you can trade these delta trades. And we'll describe what that means. So Yeah, you know uh, our customers and our listeners love when we supply these trade ideas and the rationale behind them because there's so much that you can learn just by understanding how sentimental analysis comes into play along with the other indicators. And so you mentioned, I don't know if we want to talk about this now, but you brought up the topic of news. And does trade caddy, in its analysis of sentimental analysis through the uh, ARI system, our ARI robot, does it know, does it look at the news when it gives its ARI score? Oh, absolutely. And, and that's one of the, uh, so there's this old saying, don't recreate a will. If somebody else has already created it, just go ahead and um, use it. So Ari and Trey Caddy went out and found a brilliant guy, Steve Wolfram, who went out and created a computer algorithm that can actually read any news, any electronic news, and uh, give a uh, human impression of what uh, how an average human would react to that news. In other words, if I look at this news article on Etsy, and I'm looking at, let's say, Bloomberg, and I'm pulling it up there. It, as I read through it, a human is going to make a, one of three decisions. They're going to say, hey, I'm going to trade that bullishly. I'm going to trade that negatively, or it's going to either be uh, stagnant or indifferent. Or maybe I just don't want to trade it at all. So really right. four, four decisions. And yep. uh, so, so this Wolfram, Steve Wolfram created this product that does this, this artificial intelligence that reads these articles and does it. But the great thing of Wolfram Alpha is the name of his product out there. So if any, if you go to WolframAlpha.com, you can see one of his, his leadway product, but behind the scenes, he's got another um, uh, product you'd have to get a hold of him, which we ended up doing. So uh, the, the concept is, okay, you've got news, but hey, why are we stuck looking at news only from the United States point of view? Why not look at it from Europe or Russia or from China or from Africa or South America? Why can't we go to these other continents in, in other countries and see what the reaction of the, uh, that news is over there? Because they like these uh, world companies like Microsoft and IBM and a lot of uh, now Google, uh, they're, they're, have outlegs and outreaches in all these other countries. And some of them are foreign countries have outlegs here in the United States. So I don't know if that's the right word outleg, but the point is, is that uh, if you, if you go out and you read the news in these other countries, you're going to get a different point of view and you're going to return this, this uh, opinion. Well, his product goes out and does all that analysis and comes right. back with uh, a, a, a a bullish, bearish, or stagnant, or don't trade it at all score. And Ari, the uh, our analysis research index, consumes that as part mm -hmm. of its uh, sentimental analysis. Now, I'm looking into the Ethernet right now, and I'm seeing some skeptical faces of listeners thinking, is there a software that can really scrape the Internet for news items and pull out whether a stock is bearish, bullish, or stagnant? And do you mind if I go down a brief rabbit trail, Mark? It's one that you're slightly oh, familiar with. 
Okay. Right. And I don't know if you are, John, or not, but there is this uh, app. It's called HQ. It's an online trivia game, okay? And it's 10, 12 questions, actually. And you have like 10 seconds to answer the question. It's multiple choice before they move on. And if you get one wrong, you're out. Well, I'm not sure what prompted me to do this, but maybe I heard it when I was Googling. But as it turns out, if you go to YouTube, you can find where a guy has built some artificial intelligence where he takes the app. He essentially, uh, every question he highlights and then his processor runs through the internet and within 10 seconds tells you what the answer is. And that is basically in a nutshell, kind of what's going on here. So you, you basically have a multiple choice, bullish, bearish, stagnant, and, and uh, that's an oversimplification, uh, but it is definitely uh, the artificial intelligence that could be um, leveraged in order to take this internet and use it to your advantage using, uh, without having to go to every news site to determine whether or not the sentimental analysis is in the favor of the stock or not in the favor of the stock. Well, it's uh, interesting that you brought that up because there's a product out there and it, what is one of the uh, products that came out that nobody knew about it? It's a, one of the diamonds in the rough, if you will call it. It was called Twitter Sentiment, and it was only on Twitter. Now it's called Sentiment 140. So you can go to www.sentiment140.com, and you can uh, see their product. And, it, and, of course, it only interfaces with uh, uh, Twitter. So you go ahead and once you uh, authorize that app to access your Twitter account, you go ahead and put in any ticker symbol and you pick the language you want, you click on search, and you're going to get a, uh, a slice of pie. It's going to go ahead, and it's going to have a positive and negative reaction. So go ahead and like put an apple in there, and you're going to go ahead and see the, the positive uh, comments of apple in the negative. Now, there's going to be an orange one whenever it the algorithm cannot make a decision. It, can, it says, hey, I don't know if this is positive or negative. So um, it, it was one of the... It was actually that Twitter sentiment that, you know, I, I originally was going to tie into, but then yeah. I was talking to um, uh, one of the MacArthur fellows um, out there I, 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 um, um, and, and I, uh, who's, so there's two MacArthur fellows and MacArthur fellowship is a genius award awarded to uh, uh, Sean Carlson is, is the MacArthur fellow I was talking about. And he actually, uh, knew uh, Steve Wolfram, who was also a MacArthur Fellow, and he was saying that this Wolfram Alpha was a contender for it, what he had done in artificial intelligence was up for um, some sort of Nobel Prize or something. So uh, I said, "Wow!" I said, "And uh, Sean, could you uh, gender me an intro?" And and we and that's where it started. That I went ahead and called up and contacted Steve Wolfram through that through Sean Carlson. Right. Yeah. And just to circle back and, and kind of close the the dialogue on this particular topic with, with regards to HQ, nobody likes a cheater. It's not a whole lot of fun. You might win $2 and 50 cents if you go ahead and build your own intelligence app. But if you use Ari, then obviously that's not cheating in any sense of the word. And it could reap uh, benefits for you in terms of describing, um, helping you determine what, uh, what your sentiment is on a particular trade. So, 
that's the news. And with regards to sentimental analysis, there are more data indicators that we use for sentimental analysis. And one of those things, and actually there's more than one uh, variation, are what are called ratios. And I was wondering, Mark, if you can go ahead and explain what a put-call ratio is. We'd be glad to, and we'll do that right when we come back from our commercial. <clears throat> oh, great and powerful wizard, tell me how I can make money. How dare you approach the great and powerful wizard? Not getting what you want from other investment wizards or advisors? Have you ever heard of options trading or spread trading? Have you not tried it because you don't know how? Look no further. Trade Caddy has the tools and education that can empower anyone like a professional. Their options chain wizard makes options trading simple, easy, and more profitable. Find out more by going to tradecaddy.com. Tuesday Night Trades. Sit back and grab trades that are too hot to handle. Find out more at tradecaddy.com. Are you ready? Calling all traders. Calling all traders. This is Power Trader Radio. Yep, and that is right. Now, Trade Talk continues on PowerTraderRadio.com. Yeah, that is a reminder that we've got John on the call. And John, we're not going to um, skunk you on this. We're definitely going to be leveraging your opinion here uh, with regards to what we've got coming up. So, um, John, who is filled with ideas, loves Tuesday night trades with regards to teaching people loves to build the trade caddy community around education. Um, we got big plans for him and for his ideas and moving forward. So stay tuned to uh, what trade caddy has in store, but for now contact us to join him on Tuesday night trades. We're talking right now with Mark Eli and John Lindahl and we're in sentimental analysis. Thank you for staying with us after the break. We were referring to what are considered put-call ratios now and, and how that applies to sentimental analysis, why they're useful, and how TradeCaddy uses this information. Take it away, Mark. Uh, I'm going to uh, pull John in to this, uh, yeah. this answer. Hey, so, John, you and I, we've, uh, we've been trading for a long, long time. And, and uh, when, when uh, you were first introduced to put-call ratios, John, uh, you and I both knew there was volume and open interest, and and from my point of view, the volume always represented uh, the day trader, and the open interest always represented myself. That's where I find myself as a, an investor. It's kind of a, um, a day, not a day trader. It's a long-term uh, expectation. I'm not closing that contract in that same day. Uh, I'm holding it right. for long term. Is that how you feel that? Yes, exactly. The, you know, volume is, is just that looks at the number of um, options contracts that have been exchanged between the buyers and sellers. Um, right. So if you have a specific price, uh, 
strike price and and uh you sell you know somebody buys a, a thousand contracts and the the through a um, market maker or a uh, or a brokerage house um then then that volume you know somebody sold a thousand somebody's bought a thousand the volume's a thousand contracts um now that person could go out and those could expire they could they could be exercised they could be uh, uh sold again um and uh and, and um or just go away the open interest on the other hand um is the uh number of open or active positions that are held by the traders so as i'm looking forward as a more of a spread trader than a day trader I, i'm looking to see what the expectation of that is at a specific um expiration date and so i find that i find the uh the charting on that that Ari provides to be extremely helpful. And, and uh, I ask, uh, like Andy set up at the very beginning of the show, we've had many CEOs of uh, broker-dealers on this show, and we had the phil- chairman of the board and the board of directors from the phil- uh, from Philadelphia Stock Exchange to Chicago Stock Exchange, CBOE, New York, uh, Wall Street. We've had um, the top – uh, academics and traders in, in the world on our show, some of them. And uh, I've asked the same question to them. And the question is, is um, how come uh, when we use call ratios, how come we most people consider calls, anything on the call side bullish and anything on the put side bearish? Why? Why? Because you and I, John, we can trade on the call side bearishly. And right. the answer that I got back is uh, intrigued me because it said, uh, the, the answer was, is that 99% of the investors out there are not advanced option traders. They're just basic. They go out and buy the long position. They buy that long call and, and that's it. They're, and, and, and it's very few. It's 1% of those option traders are actually spread traders. And, and actually understand how to uh, hedge themselves using a combination of, of options. So with that being said, if, if 99% of the trades out there that are on the call side represents a bullish expectation and anything 99% of the trades all over on the put side re- represent a bearish expectation, then that means if I look at and I count up the volume of all the contracts on the bulls, and I go over to the put side and I count up all the contracts on the puts, I'm going to come up with uh, two numbers. And let's say I had a hundred calls on one side, uh, on the left side and uh, 90 puts on the right side. What would, what would I be able to uh, ascertain out of that? Well, I would have to have a, a ratio. I'd have to convert that into a ratio. Well, a normal healthy environment expects that a, a company goes into business to make money. So you expect there to be more calls than their puts because you expect the value of a company to go up. You don't, ex- you don't bet on the company going out of business. So, so uh, you would expect there to be more calls than puts. But ironically, the market has found that that one-to-one ratio is not the average. Matter of fact, if you have a one-to-one ratio, it's actually bearish. So, what you would do is you would have to take the puts 
as uh, the top number and divide it by calls, the, the bottom number, to get a, a fraction of a ratio. So that means you're driving a, a smaller number. So if I have uh, a number of 100 on one side, on the call side, and I got uh, that would become the bottom number. And if I had that 90 as a put, uh, uh, as a, a put number, I would put 90 on the top, 100 on the bottom, and my ratio would be, what, a 0.9. So a 0.9, uh, John, what do you consider a 0.9? Consider bearish. it bullish? Bearish. bearish. That's correct. So, yeah. so, so there's a little, for those who are listening, pull out your pencil and paper and write this down. A number of 0.75 and less is bullish. From 0.75 to 0.9 is uh, stagnant or indifferent. From 0.9 to 1.1 is bearish. And any number over 1.1 is extremely bearish. Now, if you can have an extremely bearish, that means you can have an extremely bullish. So an extremely bullish is a number less than 0.5. And and for those of you who are driving and can't write that down right now, I'm looking at Ari, and Ari has given me the exact information that is being provided to you by Mark. And so I will post these screen prints of Ari to Facebook later today indicating that we have open interest and volume interest, uh, descriptions, guides, and actual values for every stock that Ari tracks, which, um, which means that all this can be at your fingertips, and it'll tell you 0 to 0.75 is bullish, 0.75 to 0.9 is cautious, and so on. So this becomes very interesting. Now, what I'm noticing here, Mark, is that we have open interest and volume interest for uh, one month out, two months out, three months out, six months out. And I'm, a, I'm guessing, now I'm, I'm doing more than guessing, but from what I know about put call ratios and about how you formulated Ari, you're simply looking at um, the put call ratios for each of the options chains uh, as far as going out in time is concerned. So it's the same oh, equation, that- but you're just looking at it further out in time for those other numbers based on the um, the time indicated right john and i i remember uh we were back uh, doing a trade that you had suggested a netflix trade andy and john and i came out we were looking at put call ratios for and uh, john was it what were you doing you were doing a um you were thinking uh a straddle or what were you what was your trade i can't remember was it a do you remember uh, no I don't. Well, I was a con- was it Condor? Scott Izzy wanted a. Uh, um, he went bearish on it, and he went bullish. Yeah. And a reason why I bring this is uh, up is uh, when I did mine my trade, I went and I cheated and I looked at the put call ratios and the cycle that Andy just mentioned. I went out and I looked for a, a bullish uh, a bullish expectation on the open interest side, and and if I get confirmation on the volume. Then that means I, meaning I have a bullish expectation on volume. I got a bullish expectation on open interest, and my expectation uh, was for like the July six, which was 36 days out, and I had uh, two bullish expectations. So then I started uh, going down to the trade cards and uh, the option chain wizard, and I started looking at the percent chance of success on each one of those trade cards, and I was going down through, and I found a bull put 
uh, that was very attractive that had a, a, a 90% chance of success and was paying like a 60% ROI. And so I, here I am in in a trade, 36 days, an ROI of, you know, over 50% uh, and a 90% chance of success. The, I got a bunch of answers right away. And because of those trade cards, I was able to, to make my decision. So I, I played a bull put. Now, I think Scott Izzy played an iron condor. And, John, I don't remember what you played. I don't well, remember. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm taking a look at the RE Detail Composite Report on uh, Ticker Court, which is Corcept Therapeutics Incorporated. And it just came up first on the RE report. It has a sentimental score of 10 out of 10. Now, again, I would definitely do research on this to figure out how in the world it got such a great sentimental score. It's got a technical score of 8 and a fundamental score of 8.43 for a total RE score of 26.5 out of 30. Needless to say, um, RE is very bullish on court. Now, if I scroll on down to our fundament, I'm sorry, our sentimental analysis section, I notice that there is a very bullish open interest and volume interest put call ratio for July 20th, which when you compare it to the June figures for put call and the August figures for put call for, um, for the reasons uh, based on the uh, algorithms that look at the um, calls and puts, it looks as though the most bullish time frame is July 20th expiration. It's got a 22 and a, a 0.22 and a 0.26, which are extremely bullish scores, which would tell me that is the main indicator why uh, Ari scored a sentimental, gave it a sentimental score of 10. Would you agree? I, yep. I agree. And, and real quick, in closing with what, look at the bull put out there from what Andy just said, go to the trade caddy, cue that, uh, that C-O-R-T is ticker symbol look at what Ari says, you can go ahead and find an ROI at 53% uh, uh, trade life of 70, whatever, some odd days, 78 days, and uh, uh, a risk of 65 cents, a max reward of 35 cents. That's an ROI of 53%. That's that's a really good uh, trade you just picked out, Andy. Very good. And we're over, and we'll see you next week on Power Trader Radio. This is Power Trader Radio. Turn up the power.